And when music is made from the heart, it connects with other people's hearts. And that's why it works, you know? So I think that that authenticity and, and vulnerability is, is really, really key. What's up producers, I'm Sam Matler and this is the EDM Podcast, episode 26. This episode is with Nick Cherwink. Nick is the industry advisor at Icon Collective and he also teaches a class uh, on creativity called The Art of Flow. He's got a super interesting background, uh, he used to work at Capitol Records, did a ton of cool stuff there which we talk about and he has some great advice on how to navigate the uh, music industry as an artist in today's world and you know when when you should start marketing yourself and so on now before we get into it there's been quite a few people asking uh, how they can contribute to you know edm prod to the podcast and so i've set up a page on the artist union uh, that is the artistunion.com slash edm prod where you can download all the podcast episodes for free and if you want to donate something you can do that but don't feel obligated. Um, but if you want to contribute, you can donate any amount you want. So that is theartistunion.com slash edmprod. Anyway, without further ado, here is Nick Cherwink. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video, where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the EDM podcast. Today, I'm with Nick Sherwink. Nick, how's it going? Uh, going well, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Not a problem, man. It's absolutely awesome to have you on. Uh, now, you've got a pretty interesting story, so... I want to start by uh, asking you, you know, how did you get into the music industry? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so, you know, I was I was always a musician growing up, um, played the drums and I played the guitar and I produced hip hop beats and I rapped and, and you know, through high school, I, I did all of that stuff. But, um, you know, I think un, un, unfortunately, you know, you kind of have this, this pressure from society or from parents or from wherever it comes from to that kind of says, you know, in order to be successful, you need to go to college. Mm -hmm. And so when I was, you know, I was this, you know, sort of ex explosively creative teenager. And I had that dream of wanting to actually be, you know, a, a musician or be a producer. But, you know, I also had the sort of just that sort of programming of, you know, you have to go to college. It's just the way that it is. And so I kind of put my, my artistic, you know, musical career on the back burner. I went to college and I ended up getting a, an economics, you know, finance degree. And, um, right out of college, I, you know, got into the financial 
world, you know, literally the day after I graduated, but I very, very quickly just realized that I was not passionate about it, mm. you know, and I was still, you know, super young, you know, only tw- barely 22 years old, right out of school. And, um, it was, it was actually my friend's dad that kind of pointed these, you know, pointed it out to me where he was like, well, you know, you, you love music. That's what you're passionate about. You've always loved that, but you also now have this degree in business. So why don't you put those two things together and go work in the music business? And, um, up until that point, I'd never even considered the idea. So I basically just quit my, my job in finance. This was down in San Diego, California, just two hours South of, of LA. So, uh, it wasn't a huge move for me to make, but basically, you know, quit my job, broke up with my girlfriend, saved up a little bit of money, packed my bags, moved to Los Angeles and started completely at the bottom, you know, really from ground zero. I only knew, I only knew one person in this city of 10 million people. And, um, you know, basically just kind of networked and networked my way in, you know, it, it really is all about who, you know, and you kind of, you have to put yourself in the right place at the right time. So, um, I, you know, I, I did a little internship here and here and there, like was just kind of working for free trying to get my my hands dirty and um i kind of got my big break when i was invited to attend a press conference and uh there was the head of the publicity department for capital records was at this press conference so somebody kind of pointed her out to me from across the room they basically said hey that that lady over there is kind of a big deal and so i just beelined it right across just walked right across the room walked right up to her i said hey what's up my name's nick and i basically want to work for your company and uh she was just kind of blown away with with how upfront and forward i was and just kind of had the balls to come up and approach her like that but it was literally putting myself in the right place at the right time because uh her assistant had just put in her two weeks and was quitting and I kind of walked right into it. So, um, that got me in the door at, you know, Capitol records, which was, uh, you know, part of EMI, which used to be one of the four major labels. Now there's only three. Mm. Um, but this was, this was the woman that basically signed and discovered Katy Perry and, and was behind, uh, the whole Katy Perry project. So I kind of walked into that operation right after I kissed a girl kind of hit the radio and Katy uh-huh. Perry was starting to take off. So that was the beginning of it for me just moved here and and then just kind of shook shook the right person's hand <laughs> that's so crazy and the big move you know you moved from San Diego to LA was that scary at all no I mean that was that was easy like I said okay. it's only it's only two hours away I mean I, I guess like you know geographically it's it's not a big deal I, I grew up in California I grew up in sure. Northern California yeah. so you know at the end of the day it's not like I got on a plane and flew from you know from Europe all the way to LA like that's a much bigger move um, yeah but but the the but, career decision is, is big yeah yeah I think you know, it's, it's more, you know, moving to any city, it's it's a big city. It definitely is. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big place. It's, you know, it's kind of crazy because there's just so much going on and it Mm. can be a little bit overwhelming. And I think especially, you know, for me, I didn't know anybody. So it was starting, you know, I only knew one person. Um, so that was, that part of it was a little scary and a little intimidating, but, but, you know, for me, it was more like it was exciting. You know, it was, it was an adventure just to go and, and have a fresh start somewhere and, and, and it's it's fun you know i think the the, the journey is fun the the climb is fun and you know it's like it's it, you know the it's, especially on the business side it's like your job is to kind of go out there and 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 network network is such mm. such a big part you got to you know meet people and you know if you're a people person it's that's actually really fun you basically just go out and make friends i actually want to dig into that <laughs> a little bit because yeah 
I get a lot of questions about networking and I think a lot of music producers struggle with it. Why yeah. that is, I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with um, the fact that, you know, bedroom producers are at home most of the time. Yeah. There's not much of a reason to go out. And so they struggle with networking. Would you have any advice uh, for those people? Yeah, that's, um, you know, to be honest, I would say if it's not natural for you, then don't like, you don't need to do it. Take the pressure off yourself for feeling like you need to do it. Because if you look at so many, there's so many examples of, of hugely successful music producers, you know, EDM producers, DJs that, you know, they just buried themselves in their room for 12 hours a day and just worked on their music until their music got heard online. You know, like I, I remember thinking back to Porter Robinson, you know, is someone I use as an example where he put out some, some fire tracks and they, they, they went viral and everyone started sharing them and the music was really, really good, but he lives in North Carolina. You know, like that's like, there's no industry out there. There is, there's nobody to meet. Even if you were out there trying to hustle and meet, you, pr- you probably have like a couple little small nightclubs. So, you know, it's not as necessary, I think, as people put the, the pressure on themselves to feel like they need to be out there. Like, to be honest, your time is going to be better spent on Friday night, most likely just staying in the studio and working on music because you can meet all the people in the world that you want. But if you don't have the music to back it up, then there's n- none of those people can do anything for you. That's, so, um, that's a really good point because a lot yeah. of people actually, like a lot of producers, uh, some of them live in small towns where there isn't much of a scene and they kind of feel like they're at a disadvantage um, and they feel like they don't have an opportunity. But what you just said there, I think, is is absolutely true. Well, I think it's, you know, I think the Swede, Swedes are a great example of that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Swedish, the Swedish, you know, country has just been producing this insane amount of, of amazing, amazing music producers. And, and the joke over here is, you know, it's like, well, what's in the water in Sweden, you know? And, 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 but everybody says it's like, well, it snows there all the time. Yeah, the weather's, yeah. the weather's, the weather is shitty. So they just are forced to stay inside. Whereas over here in California, it's like, yeah, there's, there's cute girls and there's beaches and there's <laughs> nightclubs. There's so many distractions. And, and the problem is like, yeah, you can come out here and you can network, but you you might get lost in that part of it and actually never become and never reach the full potential that you should be reaching as a producer, like the other people that are just burying themselves in their studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to use this to segue into, into something. You teach a class at Icon called the Art of Flow, which I is do. all about creativity. Um, and this is something I talk, you know, talk about a lot at EDM Prod. But I'm interested in your thoughts. What are some common misconceptions people have about creativity? Ooh, um, well, some misconceptions that people have about creativity. I think I think the biggest misconception is that people think that that creativity comes from themselves. It's that we say when we create something, we say, "Look at what I created," and we think mm-hmm. that I am the person that created this. And and really, what that is though is that's that's your ego. That's, there's a part of yourself that's called your ego. And a lot of people think they, 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 they think that they are their ego, like the voice inside their head. They think that that voice is who they are, but really that, you know, the, the ego is something that is separate from your bigger self and your ego is the one that's saying like, Oh yeah, you did this. Like you're, you're special, you're creative. Whereas really, you know, I think that creativity is something that kind of 
already exists like in the universe, you know, and we, we are just channels that are channeling creativity. If you, if you, if you, you know, read or listen to any of the most prolific artists in the world, they'll be the first ones to admit that like, you know, I I didn't even create this. It came from somewhere else. And I was just the vessel that let this creativity come through me. So, um, the, the, the whole process is, is how do you, you know, how do you tune yourself into that same frequency of, of this pure sort of unfiltered, raw, authentic creativity? How do you, how do you put yourself in a position that you can, that you can get on that level to accept that creativity and let it out? And I think that's, that's the big thing is, you know, some people think like, oh, either you're born being creative or you're not. It's like, no, everybody is creative. Yeah, Every yeah. single, you know what I mean? Like, like a little kid, well, we give them crayons. They're going to, they're going to paint something, you know, they're mm. going to, they're going to draw something. Every single person has creativity. Even, even the most, you know, the, the, the stiffest guy that's been working in investment banking, you know, and wearing a suit and tie for the last 50 years, like that guy's still creative as well. Um, you just have to learn how to sort of open yourself up to it. So in that case, what advice would you give to someone who, you know, feels stiff, like they can't, like there's no ideas coming to them. They can't mm. find that, um, that creativity that's out there, like you say. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways. I think part of that is, um, you know, if you're on, if you're, if you're hitting a writer's block, then, you know, really you're, you're uninspired and you need to go find inspiration and, and, uh, bashing your head against your computer a lot of times is not going to help you find the inspiration, you know, working for tw- you know, six more hours in the studio, you're not going to find the inspiration there. Sometimes you just need to sh- get out of the studio. You need to shut the laptop off and you need to go and, and, you know, go for like a weekend trip into the mountains, or you need to just go party for a weekend, or you need to go, you know, have like some real life experiences because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's that process of channeling the feelings and the emotions that are inside of you and, 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 and expressing, you know, what, what your, you know, the, the story that your soul has to tell. And if you don't have a story because you've just been buried in the, in the studio for too long, you know, sometimes you got to go out into the world, get inspiration, have those experiences and then bring them back into the studio and start trying to tell that story. Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, nowadays you, you teach that class at Icon and you're also the industry advisor. What does that mean? It's such a cool name. I totally gave that, that title. To, I gave that title to myself. Awesome. I thought it, I thought it sounded very, uh, very professional, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I, I was managing DJs, um, full time when I met the, the owners of icon and they invited me to just start off teaching, um, like an hour a day. And so I started off just teaching music business and, um, the, the next quarter I kind of took over the whole music business program. And, um, so really started off as an instructor. And then I started getting involved in marketing and helping them with some of the marketing and social media stuff. And every quarter I started taking on a little bit more. So I, I, I sort of initially came in on, on the marketing side of things and, and the instructor side of things. But, but we, you know, we really quickly realized that I think uh, the, the most value that I could add to the collective was the fact that, you know, I had been working in the industry for, you know, for different management companies and working for major record labels. So I had a lot of connections in the industry. Um, so, you know, I, the, when I, 
we kind of like shift gears and, and I basically just started helping a lot of the students and a lot of the graduates try to, um, you know, really try to make the connections that they need to make in order to get their music heard, whether that's, you know, meeting a, meeting a manager or getting their music over to a record label or whatever that may be. So I, you know, kind of have one foot, you know, still in the industry and, and working with a lot of these, these contacts and my, you know, my friends in the industry while also, um, you know, working with the students and the grads. So, uh, kind of like the, I guess the, 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 the face of the company when it comes to the, the industry. So I bring a lot of, um, a lot of artists, a lot of industry people into the school. We usually do like weekly Q and A's with different artists. Um, and, and so, you know, kind of bringing the industry into the school, but then also helping, helping the school and helping the collective get out into the industry. So I see, I see. Yeah. Now what makes, I'm so curious, what makes Icon one of the best schools out there? Because I've had so many people say to me, Icon Collective is by far the best music production school. What do you think makes it one of the best? Well, I, I don't think that, you know, the, the, the difference is that we're not a, just a school, you know, mm. I think, um, we're a collective first and foremost, we are a collective and, and that's really the big difference. Uh, I think, you know, with, with school, usually you, you know, you, you go through a program and then you get your degree and then you're kind of on your way. Um, you know, with the, with the collective, the, the collective is a, sort of living, breathing organism. It's this huge community of, of anyone that's gone through the program and, and has made it through the finish line. You know, your, your membership at Icon, in, in my opinion, kind of starts when you graduate. You know, that's really when you become a member of Icon because then you, you, are, you are part of this community and, and the community is, um, you know, I think, you know, provides a lot of things for, for itself. And, and one is just being surrounded by other people that are on the same path as you. Um, you know, to be an artist, you know, you're, you're going down a very different path than anybody. And, and most people don't understand it. Your parents mm-hmm. don't understand it. You know, regular society doesn't understand it. And it's a scary thing to do on your own. But when you're surrounded by an entire community of people that are doing the same thing and they're all supportive of each other, it makes the, it makes the journey, you know, a lot easier and it makes it a lot more fun. Um, everybody is, you know, sharing their resources, whether it's, you know, through the actual, through the actual school or just, you know, through the other students and the graduates. Like if you need to get introduced to a promoter or a label or something, like most likely one of your friends in your class has that contact. So they're able to, um, you know, they're able to, everybody's like helping each other come up, you know, it's, it's not, it's not competitive. There's a little bit of friendly competition of everyone's always trying to push the bar Mm -hmm. further and further with their productions. But it's at the end of the day, it's like everybody is in it together and trying to help each other succeed. So it's, um, it's, it's much more, it's much more than just, you know, a school. It's much more than just a year long program. It really is like a lifelong journey. And I think that that's why, you know, we've been seeing so many people coming out, um, really becoming, you know, successful, especially in like the, the EDM realm. I had a question from, a from one of the listeners and I know there, there are some quite notable artists who have come out of Icon. Um, but for those who don't know, who are some of them? Um, let's see. 
Yeah, I think you know Mac J was probably one of the one of the first artists to graduate that that really started to get some international recognition. Um, Proto Hype was was also in his class, and in that same class also was Kazo, mm. um, who's who's gone on to do some really cool things. Slander and Nightmare, um, who you know they even live together uh, mm. and are man- managed by the same team. They they were both I think in the same class as well. Um, Jaws, you know Jaws has been doing some amazing things sunburn is from icon as well um so in the list goes on and on uh you know those guys have have all been doing pretty well for themselves though that's awesome now i love asking uh guests this question because everybody has a different answer but when is the right time in your opinion to start marketing yourself as an artist at the beginning Mm. you know once you have great music what do you think no, definitely not in the, yeah, not in the beginning. Like there's the, the market is just, I don't even want to say the market, just the world is so oversaturated with music that yeah. the, the only way you're going to possibly have a chance is if you're making something really, really incredible. So, you know, it's all that time and energy that you're putting into you know, trying to, trying to push your music. Um, if you, if you have to push your music, your music isn't ready, you know, great music is going to work. Get great music. When you put it out, everybody is going to say, yes, everyone's going to want to sign it. Everyone's going to want to share it. Everyone's going to want to repost it. Like it's going to work. And if you have to force it, if you have to push it, it's just not ready. You know, I like to say that it's like, it's like taking, you know, it's like taking a turkey out of the oven. Like you can't, take the turkey out of the oven before it's fully cooked. You can't start feeding that to people or you're going to give them like salmonella and they're going to die. You know, like you got to, you got to let that thing cook and you got to let it marinate. You got to, you only want to take it out when it is like a hundred percent ready. And I think so many people are, they're so focused on the, on the, they're, they're, they're focused on the outcome. They're focused on, you know, wanting to, to be on stage or wanting to get the, the, the fame or the success or the numbers or the mm-hmm. fan base or whatever it may be. When really you just need to be focused on the process. You need to just be looking down at what is one, you know, right in front of you right now. And that is, you know, that's, that's the work that you have to do. That's the hill that you have to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a long, it's a long journey, you know, so just kind of like accept that and strap up and, and, and get ready to, to, to go on. It and fall in love with the process, you know, fall in love with the process. Don't be so attached to the outcome, to the, to, to the finished product. So, um, to, yeah, to sum that up, I would just say, you know, like probably spend an extra year working on your music than, than you think you need to be, you know? I like that a lot, especially, you know, you brought up the process, which is so important. And I actually think people who get so attached or focus so much on this end goal, whatever that may be. Um, I've seen it happen before with a lot of people. Their music suffers. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's because they rush it or, you know, they're spending yeah. more time marketing, but it happens. A hundred percent. Yeah. When you are, when you're attached to the outcome, you know, the, the problem is, you know, this is really what it boils down to is when you're, when you're focused on the outcome and usually whatever this outcome is, is it's some vision of success that you have in your head. It's, you know, it's, it's getting the agent or the manager playing the EDC or Tomorrowland or whatever f- festival you, you've been dreaming of playing. Um, the problem is, you know, you're, you're, you're intellectually, you're focused on the outcome. And so, what you're trying to do a lot of times is you're, you're, you're focusing on trying to make music that you think is going to put you there. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of times what you're doing is you're just copying what you already see out there. You know, you see, you know, the, the music that currently is 
at the top, you know, you see these artists that are at the top of the food chain and they're the ones that are getting these gigs. So what you, and you might not even be conscious of this, but you're, you're, what you're most likely doing is you're just recreating what's already out there in hopes of getting the same kind of success that you're seeing and that you're visualizing. Whereas, you know, that, that is the, the problem is you're always going to be a horse that's chasing a carrot on a stick. You're never actually going to get there. It's not going to be until you start to turn the focus inside of yourself and you start Start to figure out, you know, what what is authentic and unique to me as an artist, and 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 how can I really go down the rabbit hole and figure out my own sound? You know, when when you can figure out your own your own sound and figure out your own um, just your your own path without trying to go down a path that's already been done, then you're go- you're finally going in the right direction. But that takes a long time. You know, there is the short, there's the fast track, and and there's the long road, and everyone's trying to go on the fast track, but that's that's, you know, it's so overcrowded there. So, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of already, you, you've are, you already are like, it's just not going to happen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think also, I mean, just by nature of probability, there have been some people that have kind of um, made it for lack of a better term, just by making similar music. But I don't think that leads to longevity. No. No, they'll have, they'll have some, a little bit of success right now and they'll make a little bit of money right now. But you know, when they pass away, like Prince just passed away, Mm. nobody's going to fucking say a thing. You know, did you got to decide like what kind of, what kind of artist do you want to be? You know, do you want to just cash in on, on what is current and popular right now and, and try to make, you know, the, 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 the quick money and the quick success, or do you want to actually be like a legendary artist? Do you want to be an icon? Do you want to be someone that leaves a legacy behind them? You know, and I, and I think, you know, I, I can speak for, I think for, for icon collective in general, and really like that's our, that's our mission. You know, we want to, we want to help artists develop themselves to to pursue that kind of an artistic career you know i love that so what would in your opinion be the three main pillars of a career that has you know great quality and longevity um authenticity and vulnerability i'd say is the number is is number one you know Mm. like um you have to, you have to be real. You have to be, um, you know, you have to, you have to have something to say and it's just gotta be a reflection of, you know, whatever you're creating, what, what, even if it's just instrumental electronic music, like it's just gotta be very, very authentic to, to yourself. You know what I mean? It can't, it can't be something that's, that's made from your head. It's gotta be something that's made from your heart. And when music is made from the heart, it connects with other people's hearts and that's why it works, you know? So I think that that authenticity and and vulnerability is, is really, really key. Um, and the, you know, definitely, I mean, just in general, I think having, you know, you got to have the right attitude, you know, just as far as, um, you know, when you do get out into the industry and, you know, it's like I said, it's starting off, it's such a relationship driven business that, you know, people don't want to work with assholes, you know, so you need <laughs> to be, you need to be humble. You need to have a, a, a good attitude and be able to, to really work with people, I think is really key. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just like, just the work ethic in yeah, general, yeah. you know, the, um, realizing that, you know, being in it, being in it for the long haul, I think like, you know, not like, like, 
when you're at the point where you realize that this is the reason that you were put on earth and there is no plan B, that's when you're going to, that's when you're going to be successful. That's when, that's when you're going to have a successful career as an artist, you know, but there's a lot of this, I'll try it out for a couple of years. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll go back, you know, to the nine to five, you know, that's not a real artist. Real artists don't do that. Real artists have accepted the fact that they were put here on earth to create art and to create music and that they're going to do that until the day they die. Wow, <laughs> man. I love that. That's heavy. Um, do you have any books or resources that have helped you or even that you think would, would be beneficial for producers to read? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't really produce anymore. So not so much on the, on any of the production stuff, but I, I sure. mean, just any, any, any producer, anybody that, that has a dream, any human being, you know, I have, I, I have, I wish I could send a photo right now. I have a huge bookshelf in my room that's filled from top to bottom. So I read, I read a lot. Uh, I would say one of the most, um, kind of like life-changing books I think that I read kind of early on is a book called Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Yeah. Good which book. is really just all about the law of attraction. You know, it's all yeah. about your, your mindset and, you know, visualizing what it is that you want to create in your life and, and really, you know, putting faith into it and, and just, um, you know, the power of the mind is, is really, is really insane. You know, what, what you're, what you're capable of manifesting. So I, I think that that's a, that's a huge game changer for anybody that hasn't read that read, think and grow rich and it will, it will, uh, benefit you in a lot of ways. Absolutely agree. Uh, yeah. All right, Nick, I've got one more question before we wrap up. Sure. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, but if you, let's say you're walking down, you know, the streets of LA and, uh, all of a sudden this UFO pops up <laughs> and, uh, you're about to be abducted, but these aliens, you know, they say to you, they give you a piece of paper and a pen and they say, you're allowed to write three pieces of advice on this piece of paper uh, to leave behind. What would be on that paper? Okay, wait, I'm allowed to write. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right, right, three I'm pieces of advice. Three pieces of advice to leave behind to the world before I... Yes. I'm going on the UFO, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, already, yeah. yeah you're, I'm not, not, you're not coming there's back. No, there's <laughs> no stopping me. I'm hopping on. First of all, if a, if a UFO landed on like in LA, I would be the first to like drive down there and introduce myself. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going for it, you know, I'm not running. Um, but yeah, three pieces of advice. Um, man, that's, that's really good. I think, you know, uh, number one piece of advice, number one piece of advice. It's how do I say this the right way? It's just like, just be cool and be nice, be nice to people. You know, like I just, I believe in love. I believe that love is the most powerful energy in the universe and that you should make that the foundation of everything that you do, you know? So, so be nice, be kind to people, smile and love, you know, that's my first piece of advice. Very, very simple. Um, my second, my second piece of advice would be to believe in yourself. You know, mm. I think we have an unlimited amount of potential to create anything that we want to create in our lives. And, and that's the truth, you know, that's the yeah, truth. Yeah. And, and so you just have to, you got to get to yourself to a point where you, where you believe that, you know, um, believe in yourself, you know, believe that you do have what it takes to, you know, to, to do whatever it is that you want in your life. Um, and then the third, third piece of advice um, hmm. A third piece of advice would be, 
Oh, give me a second on this one. This yeah, is for I sure, like, man. I like three. <laughs> um, third, third piece of advice I would say um, is to also, I think, to you know, go out of your way to help other people. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's it's. I think yeah, go out of your way to help other people. You know, just like the more you give, the more you receive. Um, it's just kind of like karma. You know, when you, when you just become the kind of person that just unconditionally gives and unconditionally helps people, then you'll be amazed at how much great stuff kind of comes back to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and give without the expectation of getting anything in return. You know, don't, don't give because you want to get anything, give just because you're, uh, that you're the type of person that gives. Um, so that would be my three pieces of advice to the, to the world before I leave on my UFO. <laughs> I my love that, man. <laughs> that's, that's great advice. Love it. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, thanks heaps for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, finally, where can people find you online? Um, well, Icon Collective, iconcollective.com. Um, you can find us there. You can find us on Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, Nick Cherwink, if you want to just connect. Uh, I'm on Twitter, N-I-K-C-H-E-R-W-I-N-K. You can hit me up on Twitter there. Um, feel free to add me on Facebook. Actually, I take that back. I haven't really been adding people on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, I've, I've like gotten so out of control. But, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 